Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the week four recap, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. 19-11, Colts over the Chicago Bears, a Bear team who came into this game at 3-0. We hand them their first loss of the season as we win our third consecutive game after dropping that week one game in Jacksonville and also our first road win in almost a calendar year. We haven't won since week five of 2019 on Sunday Night Football at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. So it's been a long time coming. About 51 weeks since the last time we won a road game. We finally get back in the win column on the road. Our third win of the year. Our third consecutive win after that debacle week one against the Jaguars. So big win for the Colts. And we knew it was going to be one of these games. That's what's so crazy to me when I go on Twitter and I see the Indianapolis media. And I see fans complaining about the offense. Was the offense good today? No. Was Rivers good today? No, I thought it was Rivers' worst game of the year. I thought Wright called a poor game. We're going to get into the positives and negatives on both sides of the ball, even though I can't think of really any negatives on the defensive side of the football. But we'll get into the negatives on the offensive side of the football. We'll go through the game. But when you look at this game, you still put up 19 points. We knew points would be at a premium. One of our keys to the game offensively was score points in the red zone because we knew points would be at a premium. We knew it wasn't going to be easy to score points this game to take care of the football on the Colts do take care of the football, and now we go 11 quarters without a turnover. So that's a credit to the offense. Knowing the identity of this game, knowing this was going to be a grinded-out defensive game, the offense played to complement the defense by taking care of the football, by scoring down in the red zone, whether it be a touchdown to Mo Cox on that first drive or field goals the rest of the way. Blankenship made all his field goals on the road, so credit to Blankenship, a rookie going on the road in the Windy City, making all his field goals, and we come out of there with a win. So I see a lot of complaining on Colts Twitter, but the identity of this team and the identity of this game was defense, defense, defense. The defense balled out. Shout out to Flus and the guys for balling out on defense, and shout out to the offense for taking care of the football, putting up enough points to win this game because we've seen great defensive performances 2018 against the Jaguars, 0 for whatever on fourth down, and we lose that game 6-0. Not on the defense, on the offense. The offense did enough in this game to score enough points, scoring 19 points, and not turning over the football. That's 11 straight quarters now for this Colts offense without a turnover, which they deserve credit for. Colts 19, Bears 11, three straight wins for the Colts, and the best start for the Colts since 2013, now 3-1. Yeah, I was really impressed with the defense today. And as much as I, I want to get on the offense, you got to give the Bears some credit. I, I don't understand why our fan base acts like we were playing, uh, you know, a PV League team out there. We're playing Khalil Mack. We're playing Akeem Hicks. They have defensive playmakers all over the field. The Colts knew this was going to be a tough game to score in. That's why they kicked field goals because they have respect for that defense and they needed to get points. So the offense did enough. They did enough in the defense and special teams. And our special teams was a big part of this win today. People need to give credit not only to Blankenship, but Jordan Glasgow is a is just a monster on yep. special teams. 
had a huge block punt that shifted. I just thought was a great shift of momentum early in this game, led the offense to a short field. And, and so I I just thought the, the special teams and the defense were just absolutely great in this game. Other than the last drive, the defense was just immaculate. I thought they were great. They tackled really well. They did a hell of a job on the run. Other than a couple of really incredible plays by Allen Robinson, the Bears really didn't do anything offensively. Uh, and that's a credit to this defense and a credit to the defensive coordinator who had these guys ready to play. Darius Leonard did not play in the second half. Okariki, Zaire Franklin, and Anthony Walker with big games to pick up the slack in the second half. Outstanding job by, by both the defense and the special teams. The offense will be okay. They, they, they've got to get better in the red zone. I think they will. They had an off game, but you've got to give credit to the, to the Bears. The Bears played good defense, man. They're a good defensive team. And when, when the chips were down and the offense had to run the ball and eat clock and get points at the end of the game, they did it. And that's what matters. When the chips are down, the offensive line basically took over the game, ate most of the fourth quarter clock, at least seven minutes, I think, some, close to seven minutes or maybe even more than seven minutes of the fourth quarter, running the ball, I think, 12 out of 13 plays. So, and, and setting up a field goal to put us up 19-3. to three. So, as bad as the offense was, they didn't turn the ball over, which was huge against this defense because they, they, they really live off of turnovers. And they, when the chips were down, they, they ran the ball and got points and put the game away, in my opinion. So, there's a lot of, of things that they can improve on offensively, but at the end of the day, what this thing is about is winning games and finding ways to win. And, Luke, you, you made a great point off air about how every game is, is its own game. It's its own identity, has its own identity. And this was a game where you knew points were going to be at a premium, and that's why you know when we talked about this game, we said when we get in the red zone, we have to score every time. It doesn't matter if it's seven or three points we have to get them and we did every time we were in the red zone we either got a field goal or a touchdown mostly field goals but we did get that one touchdown and and so they did what they needed to do to win that's what good teams do on the road against yep. another good team good teams find ways to win games even when they don't necessarily play well and bad teams find ways to lose games even when they play well for a majority of the game and there's multiple phases, there's multiple aspects to every game. You have offense, you have defense, you have special teams. There's three phases of the game. Special teams was phenomenal today. The defense was phenomenal. The offense struggled, but the offense knew that coming into this game, the identity was going to be defense. They knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. So Reich wasn't risky on fourth down. And it's not playing to win, playing to lose. It's playing smart. It's playing to the characteristics of that game. What is the identity of today's game? You have a defense with Hicks, and you have Eddie Jackson, and you have Khalil Mack, and you have all these playmakers and ballers all over the defense. So you know coming into the game that Foles probably isn't going to put up a lot of points for them. And you know that they're going to make stops so don't shoot yourself in the foot and play to the flow of the game and we kind of leaned right into it and it worked out to our benefit and good teams find ways to win games and now we found ways to win three straight games the last two weeks was great they, they were pretty much blowouts and even this game I mean this was uncompetitive for a majority of the game I thought we give up a late touchdown there and you go back to the Viking game We've given up three touchdowns the last three weeks, one touchdown per game. The Darnold touchdown in the first half of the, against the Jets was legit. 
It was sandwiched between two interceptions, but it was legit. The Viking touchdown and this touchdown today for the Bears were both garbage time prevent defense touchdowns up multiple scores. The defense is playing out of their minds. And yeah, we could nitpick the offense and we could criticize the offense. And I see a lot of people getting on the offensive line. We had superb offensive line play the last few years. We had tough to duplicate games from the offensive line, running for 200 yards, running for 250 yards, going five, six games without giving up a sack. I mean, we've had incredible offensive line performances. People need to realize that you're not going to do that every game. It's tough to duplicate that game after game after game. The durability of this offensive line is second to none. It's phenomenal. Cannot possibly complain about the durability because that's where you get a lot of issues when the continuity is not there because oh well this game our right tackle missed and this game our left tackle missed and this game our center missed and this game our left guard we've had i think 21 about 20 21 consecutive games from these five guys dating back to 2018 that's incredible second you're going up against hicks you're going up against mac you have a lot of talent on the opposing defensive line today so you're not going to win every battle so you look at the box score we finished the day averaging 2.7 yards per carry that includes a couple kneel downs from philip rivers and i think one rivers rushing attempt so maybe you could bump that up a little bit 2.9 3.0 not a great game on the ground for the colts our offensive line is better than that we know they're better than that but you also need to credit the opponent you're going up against some dogs on that chicago defense they're going to make plays too they have all pros too they get paid to make plays just like our guys get paid to block them in open holes and protect our quarterback so you look at this game and you have little battles throughout the course of the war it's not a sprint it's a marathon and on the final drive or the second to last drive before a couple kneel downs for rivers on the second to last drive the Colts get the ball. We are up 13 at the time. 16 puts us up two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. 16 points, you feel very comfortable after they only scored three points the entire game. We get the ball. We run 13 plays. 12 of them were runs. It's a 66-yard, 58-rushing-yard drive, killing 7 minutes and 12 seconds, kicking what was really a game-sealing field goal to put the Colts up 16 points, which was two possessions, but it felt like a million possessions at the time. It was a 16-point game that felt like a 42-point game because at that point they only had three points. They couldn't move the ball. And that's what great offensive lines do. It's not just about the first quarter, the first drive, the second drive, the second quarter, the third quarter. It's about the duration of the game and who's tired in the fourth quarter. We had a 13-point lead and we had our legs and we bullied them that final drive or that second-to-last drive with our offense. And we killed 7 minutes and 12 seconds in a two-possession game. That's an eternity of clock. That's an eighth of the game, which to them probably felt like half the game, where we just let the clock run and bleed and bleed and bleed. And our offensive line, which did not win a majority of the day, won when it mattered late. And that is something that went over the head of every person I saw tonight on Twitter, whether they're a writer or a fan or whoever they might be. That went over everybody's head that throughout the course of today's war, we may have lost some battles in the trenches, but we ultimately won the war because late in the, besides just winning the game, late in the game, we wore them out and we proved to be less tired than them and we won the downs that mattered most in the fourth quarter, period.
100% agree. Uh, that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, when we had to run the ball and eat clock and get points, we did all, we did all three things at the end of the game and put us up 19-3 to three and basically put the game out of reach. You know, my thing is this. When you play against a front, like their their front their front uh, or actually their their front seven is is legit. I mean, you've got you've got Hicks, you've got Mac, you've got Roquan Smith. I mean, these guys are all legitimately Pro Bowl players, and and so they're going to win their share of battles. If you go into a game against a team like that, expecting to win every every down every every battle, you've got. That's great. It's delusional. You can it's absolutely that. delusional to expect that. If you expect to win every single you, down against all pro players, you're delusional. I mean, I agree. And somebody's got to explain to me why Colt fans complain. Like, I mean, the offensive line is the strength of this team. It was the difference at the end of this game. The defense is, is, is legit. They hated the defensive coordinator. Now they're number one in defense. Now they love them. The offensive line is one of the best in the league. Suddenly it sucks because you did, they didn't dominate for four quarters. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you guys have to have some level of humility and understand that there are other good players in other good teams mm-hmm. in this league. And the other thing, Jason, is I feel like Colt fans look at the offensive line and they only see run block. When I'm going down Twitter, it seems to only be talking about the run, the run over averaging 2.7 yards per carry, and it's not good. And, hey, we got to get better. There's no denying that. I'm not saying that, oh, you know, we're content with 2.7 and we could go 2.7 for the rest of the year and be fine. No, 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 that number has to improve. We're also going to see a lot of front sevens worse than what we saw today in Chicago. And I don't really care what Chicago's numbers were coming into the game. I look at them pound for pound. I look at the names they have on that defense. And when you go into battle with them, they're going to win their fair share, period. I mean, that's just the way it is when you look at them up front. I don't care if they come in giving up 109 yards, 120 yards on the ground. That doesn't matter to me where they rank because we look at who they have up front. And I don't know what games were over and what games was garbage yards or one big play that made the average go. We're still really early in this season. So if a team comes in, 20th against the rush you're talking about three games that's a small sample size you can't determine that their front seven is great or not great or whatever based on just a couple of games and the other thing is we came into this game although we're not running the ball the way we did last year with rivers only being sacked twice on 95 dropbacks i think he was sacked once today he was sacked once today He had 29 passing attempts, so he's up over 120 dropbacks. He's only been sacked three times. So I'll go back, guys, in our memory bank to 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. Imagine if Andrew Luck could have had 120 dropbacks and have only been sacked three times back then. That would have been great. That would have been phenomenal, but that was never the case. And Rivers came into this game. I'm sure this number is different now after this game because I felt like he was under more pressure today even though it's tough to tell on the TV broadcast but he was the least pressured quarterback in the National Football League entering week four so these are also things we have to remember it's not just about the run it's also about pass pro and I think in my opinion some people might disagree in my opinion especially when you have a 39 year old quarterback pass protection is even more important than run blocking in my opinion I 100% agree especially 
I mean, I mean, look at how imp- important it was during Andrew Luck's time, and how important it, it, it turned out to be. Yep. And how bad we were at it. I mean, that's all you need to look at. And if we had that line with Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers would legitimately he'd be dead. Jason, how many times we've we've seen it one? We saw one time today that Rivers' little scramble. How freaking slow this man is. And I'm not faulting him for it. He's 39 years old. He's never been a great physical Lamar Jackson type athlete. I mean, obviously nobody's that type of athlete at the quarterback position. But he had one time where he had to scramble a little bit today. Luck probably scores a touchdown or picks up five, six, seven yards, gets a first down. But do you remember that one play? I think it was in the first half. We were in the red zone and he had to scramble a little bit. He's so freaking slow. Could you imagine if he was running for his life on every play? He would never survive. He'd be dead. I mean, yeah, that's It'd be like I'm one saying. of those pigs when they stick the apple in the pig's mouth and they put them on the rotisserie. <laughs> oh, man. I, dude, listen. I, 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 the offensive line wasn't great today, but at the end of the day, they're going to get better. They're going to be fine. They're still the strength of the team. And when the game was on the line, they did their job. That's really all that matters yeah, to me. Period. Point blank. Um, period. When we got the win, too. Yeah, and that's really all that matters. At the end of the game, we mold them when it mattered most. And when you look at the final box score, 19-11, the Colts came out victorious. Let's talk a little bit about the defense, though, Jason. Let's get a little positive, even though we were being positive about the offensive line. We're giving them the benefit of the doubt. It's really more about indie media, indie fans, and people losing their minds on Twitter. This is a 3-1 and football team that lost week one. We should be pumped up right now. And this is a Bears team who came into this game, and I don't care that the Bears played a cupcake schedule and they beat the Giants and they beat... They came into this game 3-0. and It's tough to go 3-0 and in the National Football League. We went on the road, and we were clearly the better team for a majority 58 minutes of this game. I really thought we dominated this game for the most part. 19-3 there with a couple minutes left for Nick Foles' final drive against our prevent defense. And our defense was phenomenal today. Shout out to Matt Eberflus and to do it in the second half without Darius Leonard. Just so impressive that next man up mentality. The depth of this roster is incredible. You lose your starting free safety. Julian Blackman has an incredible performance today. He finished the day I think with only one tackle because every time he hits somebody they drop the ball. It's hard to rack up tackles (laughs) when they can't hold on to the ball every time you fly in to make a play. I mean he's playing like a seasoned vet. He's only three games and it's like three partial games into his rookie season after coming off that torn ACL a year ago in the Pac-12 championship for Utah. So he's making plays. He gets his first career interception. You know that ball's going in the trophy case on the mantle. So he played phenomenal. Next man up in the linebacking core, Walker was fantastic today. Led the team in tackles. Okariki, fantastic today. The defensive line, Buckner continuing to get that push. His name is popping up a lot more on the broadcast than you're seeing in the box score because he's just so active and he's getting everybody else stats and sacks and plays. And then Justin Houston made a great play against the run, I remember. Had a big sack earlier in the game or in the third quarter of the game when the game was still a little bit tight. Had a big sack pushing him back making it a second and 18. And when you get into second and 18, third and long with this defense, it's tough to pick up first downs, convert, and move the football. So another great performance. Everybody talked about the high school scheme with the gym coach week one against the Jaguars. 11 points, 7 points, 11 points. 
And who would have thought that a team, any team, would give up 11 points twice in the same season, let alone twice in three weeks? A very weird football score with garbage time touchdowns in both those games, week two and week four, for the Vikings and Bears with two two-point conversions at the ends of the game. So you look now at the last three weeks for the Colts, only giving up 29 points. Absolutely fantastic defense by the Colts in this game. No question. I mean, they play so friggin' fast, dude. You can't get wide on them. Nope. They're very, very – I love the way they rally to the ball. They're short tacklers. They shut down the run. Montgomery had nowhere to go. Uh, they, were, they were unbelievable. I mean, Houston was great. Buckner was great. I thought Grover Stewart was good. I thought Autry was, was outstanding. I mean, Okariki was all over the field. Blackman – to me, is just on. I mean, he is going to be special, dude. He plays so fast. I remember there was a play where the the Bears tried. I think they tried to run a screen, or they did something to the to the boundary side. And I think as soon as they ran that way, he was already coming from all the other side of the field, and he completely blew the play up. He's he's special, and he's a he definitely changes his defense. It's a I mean, I, I love Malik Hooker. He, he's a great kid. This guy is is what I thought Malik Hooker was going to be. He, I mean, he can. I mean, he hits like a Mack truck. He has great hands. He reads quarterback's eyes well. Uh, that tip ball, great, great hands on that play. He's just for somebody that's not played that much and had no like had no preseason. He's just a difference maker out there, man. And uh, I love watching this defense. This is one of the best Colts defenses as far as just activity, speed, running. I mean, they have players all over the field. And, you know, it's great to see Rock. I thought Rock was outstanding today. They're just – they're just. I mean, Kari was good, Kari Willis, other than the, the pass interference play. I mean, I thought he was really good in run support and stuff. So – I, I can't. The only negative that I can think of is they had some penalties and the late touchdown. But man, that's nitpicking because the. I mean, they were just so good today, and they've been really since that Jacksonville game. They've been outstanding, and it's a credit to to Coach Flus and the defensive staff because those guys they play so well together, and they play as one, and they rally to the ball, and they just make plays, and they haven't given up any big plays, and that's really the difference between what I've seen in this year's team. At the and then then and the team last year at the end of the season they they haven't given up any big plays and they're really just making plays all over the field. Yep, and our first key to the game defensively was to get Nick Foles out of a rhythm, which we did a phenomenal job of this game. We never let Nick Foles get into a rhythm, and then you put yourself in situations like that third and seven they had inside the fifteen yard line. He's not in a rhythm. Third and seven, he throws four yards behind his receiver, and we failed at that week one against Gardner Minshew. We let him get into a rhythm, 19 for 20, did pretty much whatever he wanted. But when you get a quarterback out of his rhythm, or you never let him get into his rhythm to begin with, and he's off his mark, then even if you make a mistake defensively, He's not in the rhythm, the flow of the game, the heat check to be able to even hit that guy. And we saw that multiple times in this game. Plus, you have a first-year quarterback in Foles who wasn't getting the first-team reps in August because Mitch Trubisky was still the starter. There was no preseason, and it really affected him today. And that all plays into us not letting him get comfortable, putting pressure on him, and not letting him get into a rhythm 
early or really at any point in this ball game. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes into the keys we talked about in the pregame and, and the one you just mentioned, along with, you know, four quarters of pressure. For about 58 minutes of this game, we pressured him nonstop, whether it was, you know, Buckner, Houston, Stewart, Autry. Guys are pressuring him. And, and also, our secondary really stuck their receivers. They were There were not a lot of open receivers. And even the big plays that the Bears made, were just great plays by Allen Robinson. The coverage was not bad. So the defense as a whole did did a great job, you know, forced the one turnover, close to a couple other turnovers with big hits. You wanted that fumble. We were damn close to getting it, Uh, maybe another millisecond, and we would have gotten one. But, uh, you know, the defense was great, and they they, they did everything they needed to do to win this game, and, and they got it done and picked up the slack for the offense who, you know, had, had, it was tough sledding for those guys, so defense really did a hell of a job today. Yeah, and one more thing I want to say about the defense before we move back to the offense, and we'll talk about some of the negatives on the offense. We were giving the offense the benefit of the doubt before with the offensive line because they were taking so much heat on Twitter. The last thing I want to say about the defense, though, before we get into that, and we already talked about him, Julian Blackman. I just want to say one more thing. Jason, this guy wasn't even playing free safety for a majority of his college career. This guy moved over to free safety late at Utah. He was a first-team, I believe he was a first-team All-Pac-12 player at corner, then moved over to safety, free safety. And the fact that he doesn't, not just does he not have a lot of snaps at the NFL level, and not only did he miss pretty much the entire training camp period at full contact and didn't have a preseason as a rookie and then missed week one and came in week two late and now has taken over the duties of Malik Cooker and exceeded not only expectations of himself, but he's exceeded what we expected to see at that position period for Malik this year, which is incredible. But this is a guy who was playing corner at Utah for the beginning of his collegiate career and to come over here where he should be so raw at free safety and he's not raw and he seems like he's seasoned in multiple aspects of the position because even Malik at his best Malik was a ball hawk one trick pony and now and this is not a shot at Malik I'm just talking about the position for the Colts from 29 to 32 now you have a player who is so multi-dimensional at the position, he brings a little bit of that Bob feeling where it's like this guy could do it all. Whether it's a big hit or flying around picking off a pass or just appearing in different areas of the defense. And it's been a pleasure to watch up until this point. It really has been. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's he's going to be one of those picks that people are going to give Chris Bauer a lot of credit for when it's all said and done. And it's funny because I remember – watching a PFF video and them absolutely ripping the pick of, Jul- of Julian Blackman. They didn't understand it. Why would they pick this guy? Da, 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 da. And I mean, Typical I, I, PFF. Never, I never understood. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get what they were looking at because on tape, this guy, he, he, I mean, he was to me, he, it was him and Antoine Winfield were my two favorite safeties in this draft. And it's because, they play so damn fast. And Blackman, I mean, he, you really hit it on the head. He plays like a veteran. Like his yep. instincts are off the charts for a rookie. Off the charts. And he's only going to get better. That's the scary thing. This defense is going to get better. And, I mean, players on it are young, and 
I'm telling you, man, people have, have really shortchanged this, this defensive coordinator and these players by really, you know, the, by judging them based on the end of last season and not on the complete body of work. I mean, if you go back to 2018, our defense was was top 10. Um, last year through the beginning of the year it was okay, and then it went down the toilet at the end of the year. But now with Buckner, it's just in Bla- Buckner, Blackman, the B&B brothers changed this entire defense. It really, I mean, those two guys alone, you throw in Rhodes, who's playing a lot better than he played last year. I mean, this defense is just, I mean, Luke, are you having as much fun watching this defense? I mean, as I am, it's just, it's, they're so oh, yeah. fast. They play so, I mean, it's just, it's and fun it's, to watch. And it's been a long time, Jason. It's been 2005. The 2006 postseason run with Bob Sanders and Mathis and Freeney was phenomenal. But in terms of the Jason, the confidence I have going into the second to last possession offensively when we ran the ball 12 out of 13 plays, killed seven minutes and 12 seconds and kicked the game clinching, you could call it game ceiling, whatever you want to call it, field goal. Going into that drive, I had the mentality of let's run the ball three times here, kill two minutes because at that point we weren't running the ball well. So I was thinking let's kill two minutes and punt. I feel so comfortable with the defense on the field. Throw statistics out the window. Throw whatever you want out the window. I feel so confident. As a nervous Rec Colt fan, who usually is biting my nails during games, and I'm talking ball in Peyton Manning's hands, I'm nervous. Ball in Andrew Luck's hands, I'm nervous. Freeney Mathis Sanders on defense, I'm nervous. I felt so freaking comfortable punting them the ball today. Up 10 point. When we kicked that field goal to go up 13-3, and we're still really early in the game, and we're playing a Chicago team that has come back from, I think, 16-plus twice already this yeah. season. Nick Foles had that huge comeback last week in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. I didn't care. I felt so comfortable with the defense on the field. I'm like, let's just kill clock. Kill it offensively. Kill it defensively. My confidence level in the defense was through the roof. And that's something that doesn't show up analytically. It doesn't show up on PFF. That's just me as a Colt fan. My opinion doesn't really mean that much. My feeling doesn't mean that much. If they go down the field and score three touchdowns on us in the second half, we lose the game. It doesn't really matter how Luke feels, but it turned out to be validated there at the end of the game and throughout the course of the game because the defense was just that good. And I just felt so confident, and I haven't felt that in the defense in a really, really, really long time, maybe ever, where you have the ball, and I'm like, let's just kill two minutes here, run, run, run. We don't even need to throw the ball. We don't need points, and let's punt it back because, yes, we're up 13, but 13 feels like 35, and it was such a great feeling to have. Dude, I I, I 110% agree with you. I'm always a, a super aggressive person when it comes to football, but I, I was literally like, I don't, I don't, just don't even, don't even risk it. There's no need to even risk throwing the ball. Just give Jonathan Taylor the ball three times, and if he doesn't gain a yard, who cares? You nope, take off because you're two killing clock. clock. Yeah, you take off two minutes plus of clock. You punt it, you pin them, and you play defense because they can't move the ball. Yep. And really, on the drive, on the garbage touchdown drive, most of their yardage was from penalties. Uh huh. And Jason. Every game, like I said before, and I think we both said, has its own identity. If you're playing Patrick Mahomes, then 
you're going to want first downs there. Then you maybe get a little bit aggressive and you throw the ball and you say, you know what, it doesn't really matter how much time is on the clock because I'm punting back to Mahomes and he could score in a blink of an eye. But you're playing, this isn't even a shot at Nick Foles. First off, nobody's Patrick Mahomes. So to be compared to Patrick Mahomes or not be compared to him is not an insult. But it's about game flow. It's about the feeling of the game. And this Colts team up until this point is, in my opinion, kind of been able to play multiple different styles of football. And you knew coming into this game, the style of this game was going to be smash mouth. It was going to be heavy defense. It was going to be hold on to the ball because points are going to be at a premium. Make your field goals. Score points when you're in the red zone. It doesn't have to be touched. Like most games, you feel like, okay, field goals will lose this game. This wasn't one of those games. And we said it in the pregame, points in the red zone. Because at one point, Greg Gumbel, and whoever the color commentator was, was saying, oh, well, when you kick field goals, you lose games. And I'm thinking, are you watching the same game as me? Because this game is clearly one of those games where it's so difficult to get into the red zone that field goals in the red zone will win. So make your field goals, which we were able to do, and credit Blankenship and the special teams unit. And then also, yeah, we're going to talk about the offense and the offensive struggles in this game. But when you go back to last year, we had so many defensive performances because you talked about how the defense wasn't good in the second half of the year or they tailed off statistically. The offense couldn't get out of their own way at the end of the year last year, turning the ball over and Jacoby's fumbles and the amount of punts and three and outs. You look at this game. We score one touchdown the entire game. It comes on our first offensive drive. That touchdown was big because it was a tone setter in this game. And we had a first and 20 on that drive after a holding penalty. To be able to overcome that, the 2019 Colts with Jacoby never overcome that. And that all plays into the course of this game and scoring 19 points, putting up 19 points on the road against a good Bears defense. And it all goes hand in hand. The offense, the defense, special teams today, the defense and the special teams were better than the offense, but the offense still made their share of plays. And Moali Cox, again, we talked about him a lot in the pregame. He, I thought they went away from him in the second half. They should have targeted him more. They were forcing the ball a little bit to the other guys. But we have three good tight ends, so that's going to happen. You're going to share the ball a little bit. But Moali finds the end zone again today for the second week in a row. And the offense, today they had a couple three and outs. But that's something they deserve a lot of credit for. Yes, the defense has been better than the offense up until this point. But how about the fact that coming into this game, the offense didn't have a three and out on the year. That helps a good defense. You have a good defense like we have. You want to be helped out by the offense, not scoring 35, 42 points every game. That'd be nice. But it's more important that they move the ball a little bit. They let the defense rest so the defense isn't exhausted going back out there 100 times in a row. Because last year, Jason, how many times... Did the defense get off to a good start, but they ended up giving up 28, 32, 35 points because they make a stop and then boom, they go right back out on the field because Jacoby couldn't hold the ball for more than three plays because he either fumbled or we went three and out real quick and boom, they get the ball right back. And that was so frustrating last year watching this defense, which I believe was better than they showed statistically. Of course, we didn't have the addition of Buckner yet, which puts this defense over the top and was one of the reasons why they're playing the way they're playing right now. But you go back last year, you look at a game like the Bucks game. The defense played well for a majority of that game, but we end up giving up all those points because every three seconds they're back out on the field. And this Colts offense, even though they've struggled at times, they've done enough in terms of managing the game and giving the defense enough time to rest and then killing enough clock. And the team is playing off each other and helping each other out. It's one of those one-hand washes the other 
type of teams, like we talked about before, is, I think, a characteristic of a good team. Because you find ways to win. You find ways, okay, the offense isn't working today, but we're going to win this game on defense. Or you know, maybe the defense gave up a couple touchdowns. Well, the offense is going to pick them up, and maybe we could win a game 32-28. And that's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. They find ways to win games. And we said in the pregame, this was a validation game because the Vikings and Jets coming into today were 0-7. The Vikings won today their first win of the year against the Texans, and the Texans, Jason, dropped to 0-4. Poor Deshaun Watson with the Bill O'Brien effect after trading DeAndre Hopkins. The Texans are a mess right now. But coming into today, we had two wins against two teams who were 0-7. Today was a validation win because the Bears came into this game 3-0, and we go on the road and beat an undefeated 3-0 team. I don't care who the Bears played. We go out, we find a way to win, and we win this game convincingly. 100%. And as for as much as people have complained about the offensive line, the Colts ran for over 100 yards, and they and the defense held the, the Bears to 28, yard, 28 yards total rushing on 16 carries. So it was not easy to run the ball for either team, but the Colts definitely ran the ball better than the Bears did. And on top of that, they ran it when they had to. When the game... When, when the game was there to be won, they ran it down their throat, and the Bears couldn't stop it. We got those three points and basically put the game away, and that was the difference. I mean, the, uh, we, I talked about it in the pregame about, you know, making a team one-dimensional. The Colts absolutely made them one-dimensional. They put pressure on Foles all game. The, the Bears could not run it, and really a lot of their yardage was in penalties. So, um, you know, Foles ended up with a de- decent numbers or whatever, but a lot of it, was was trash time, you know. So I thought the defense was outstanding. I thought the uh, the run defense, especially after it struggled a little bit last week, I thought it was, was outstanding this week, and uh, they're just playing so well. And really, the special teams has been outstanding all year as well. So really, the two out of three are clicking, and if the offense gets it together, look out. Yep. But I still think, and we're going to get into the negatives here with the offense in a second. I still think the offense is getting, like, they're doing enough. And people want everything to click at the same time. And you want that all the time, of course. But you want that especially, like, November, December, getting closer to the playoffs, which I believe this team, where I believe they will be at the end of this year. But to click on all cylinders right out the gate is tough. And especially when you have a new quarterback and you have some new pieces there offensively. But I just love the way this defense is playing. And I like that the offense is complimenting them. It would have been great to have this defense with Andrew Locke or this defense in the Manning era. But you get the cards, you're dealt. And right now, is the offense doing enough to get by? Yeah. And we've won the last three games pretty comfortably, which is nice. And if you go back to week one, the defense was the issue, not the offense. So, so far this year, we are three and one, and our one loss actually is more of the defense's fault, which is ironic because now you look at the last three weeks and the defense has really been the reason why we've won these games and the offense has assisted the defense, even though as Colt fans, we're used to the other way around where the defense assists the offense and the offense carries us to wins. But Jason, let's talk a little bit about Frank Reich and the play calling. We didn't love the play calling in this game. When you're going up against a front seven like the Chicago Bears and you have Hicks and you have Mack, you have to be more creative. There were so many 
running back dives right up the middle where you're basically telegraphing what you're going to do. And that also plays into poor offensive line play. People want to complain about the O-line. I think a lot of that has to go on Rake because Rake was so uncreative and so predictable with a lot of those run calls that it made their job a hell of a lot harder because it was obvious what was coming. And then you got some dogs on that defense like Hicks and Mack. So if they sniff it out, I mean, it's over. Despite how great the offensive line is capable of playing. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough it was tough sledding today. I, I I thought he was very vanilla, like you mentioned, a lot of dives into the A gap. With with I mean, I, I, in the third quarter, I have no idea what he was doing. Hines was out there for seemingly the entire third quarter with no Taylor at all. I, I don't know what the thinking was behind that. I don't know if Taylor was nicked up. I don't know what was going on. But Taylor was really the was was really running the ball well today. He was he was just rolling with Hines, and he kept running that that a gap dive. And I don't understand if you're going to run that play. Hines isn't Hines is a guy using space, not in like he's not great between the tackles. Uh, he had a couple decent runs, but I mean he he's not going to make his his money running between the tackles. He's going to make his money doing things on the outside and getting in space. Taylor and Wilkins and Wilkins did not have a great game today. They did a good job on him. But those two guys are the guys that are usually going to get you the, the, the yardage, you know, between the tackles. But I thought the running plays were very unimaginative. I thought they were, I mean, it was a lot of the same. I mean, the best running play of the game was the game, the play where they pulled Quentin Nelson and Taylor beat, beat Smith around the corner for about, I think probably about 20 yards. Mm-hmm. That was the most imaginative play they had as yeah. far as the run went the entire game. And I don't know why they didn't do more of that because the Bears are stout up the middle that's where Hicks is that's where Smith is there and, and you know that they're good there so why we continue to, to run our smallest back into the into the a gap I have no idea yep and Rivers was not good today Rivers definitely struggled it was the worst game he's had to date but they did a good job defensively getting him out of rhythm because he had a good first drive and after that he was off his mark, they put more pressure on him than he's seen up until this point this season. So that made him uncomfortable. He can't move. He has no mobility. So you put a little bit of pressure on him, you get him off his mark. Now, at one point, Gumble or one of the announcers said that Rivers is the best quarterback in the league under pressure, which I thought was a little bit ridiculous. Maybe he handles it and he doesn't mind it, but it doesn't mean that he plays well under it, especially when he has no legs. When you don't move, it's going to be tough. But... So far this year, we've done a great job. He came into this game dead last in pressure, so he was the least pressured quarterback in the NFL. That number might change after today, but today he was under a little bit of pressure. He was off his mark, missed T.Y. wide open. I saw people saying T.Y.'s done. T.Y. had three pass interference calls against him. He was held three times. One would have been a 50-yard touchdown, and that was one of Rivers' better balls of the day. And then at the end of the game, T.Y. wide open across the middle, and Rivers missed him. That's inexcusable on Rivers' behalf. You have to make that throw. But in terms of a receiver being done, yeah, T.Y. dropped a couple passes week one. He dropped a couple passes at the end of the last year. I'm not worried about that. When I think done, I think inability to create separation. When you lose that ability to create space, then you are done. When 
Fuller's grabbing you all over the field and you're moving the chains on pass interference calls, that tells me that you're not done because you're still able to create separation and create space. And everything in sports, period, basketball, football, everything is about creating space. How can I create as much space as possible to give my quarterback a bigger window or whatever it might be? So T.Y. is still able to create space, and that is the most important thing. In terms of catching the ball, which he didn't drop any passes today, and he had one big play, I think it was a third down, and Zach had a big third down too where he went up and high-pointed a ball. And that's out of T.Y.'s nature. T.Y.'s not a high-point-the-ball kind of guy, but he had one of those today. So I'm not worried about T.Y. I'm really not. I think drops are mental, and then I do get nervous with creating space or being behind. Like After week one, I was a little bit nervous about Rhodes because it didn't look like he had the ability to stay with receivers. Since then, he's proved us wrong and proved otherwise. But T.Y., he still could create space. And that's really all that matters. If you could create space, which he's been able to do. And that's why I don't think he's done. So I saw a lot of people saying that on Twitter. Totally disagree with it. As long as you could still separate yourself from your man, you could play in this league and you could play at a high level. So I think T.Y.'s best games this season are still ahead of him. Yeah, the T.Y. is done garbage is just ridiculous. Your point is is well taken, Luke. It's absolutely 100% spot on. The guy is beating corners by five and seven yards. He's still got the, the elite route running ability. He's still got the acceleration, the quickness. When a receiver's done, especially a receiver like T.Y. That's, that's basically a speed receiver, he can't separate anymore. And he's smoking DBs. I think he smoked more DBs in the first four weeks on, on patterns than he did all of last year. I mean, he is beating guys. Like, and look, he dropped the touchdown against Minnesota. Rivers missed him today. Look, they haven't hooked up. It hasn't happened. But he's getting separation. I, the last thing I'm worried about with this offense is T.Y. Hilton. That, that's the last guy I'm worried about. He's going to be fine. He's going to make plays. I'm more concerned about the other receivers making plays. I thought Marcus Johnson had a huge play today. That play he made when he went up and, and caught that ball as one catch of the game was huge. It was a big first down, and uh, I thought that was a, a major play in the game for the Colts' major momentum shift because I think that was a, a long yardage situation. So that was a big play. But as a whole, man, like, you know, T.Y. was fine. The, the, the problem was Rivers was just off. His arm looked terrible today. He missed tons of open receivers. But at the end of the day, the thing with Rivers that we all worry about is turnovers. And luckily, other than the drop Mac interception and the other one to uh, the guy, I think Jack, who picked off the ball that was out of bounds? Yeah, that was – was it Was it Smith? It might have been Smith. I, I don't know who it was, but – other than those two throws, I don't think he was really near an interception. So we lucked out on those two, honestly. But at the end of the day, he didn't throw any picks, and that that really is the difference in the game. Yep. I mean, we got the block punt that led to seven points. We got a pick from Blackman. You know, we didn't turn the ball over. We didn't blo- get any punts blocked. We made all our field goals. I mean, that's what winning teams do. Yep. I mean, that's what that's what we did. The offense wasn't great, but it didn't have to be. It just had to just had to manage the game, and they did that. And they yep. got the win. That's all that matters. Yep. And eleven quarters now without a turnover. We haven't turned the ball over since the first quarter against the Vikings. So we go second, third, fourth, full game against the Jets, full game against the Bears without turning over the football, and that all should. 
be, you know, because yes, Rivers has three interceptions. They all came in the first five quarters. So five quarters, three picks, 11 quarters, no picks, and then no fumbles on the year from the team, which I think should be talked much more about right now because you could look, oh, three picks in four games. Yeah, three picks in the first five quarters, zero picks in the last 11 quarters. We shouldn't forget that. And Jason, let's get into our player of the game now. I'm kind of torn. I really want to give it to two guys, Jason, and give it to Okariki and Walker because you lose one of the premier blue chip players in this league and this defense in Darius Leonard. He missed some time in the first half on and off the field with that groin, misses the entire second half. Walker and Okariki both step up. They both increase snaps. They combine for 19 tackles, a tackle for loss. They really shut down the middle of the field there. And I thought the two of them both did a phenomenal job stepping up and taking the spot of Darius Leonard, who's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So I'm going to go co-players of the game, Anthony Walker and Bobby Okariki for locking down the linebacking core without the availability of Darius Leonard in the second half on the road against the Bears. You know, Luke, I would like to give it to the whole defense because really they all they all deserve credit and uh, they all balled out and played. I mean, from from loose on down, man, they were spectacular today. But I will I will limit it to the one guy, and the one guy is my man Julian Blackman. He he had, I mean, he was all over the field. He only had one tackle, but he had an interception that I thought changed. You know, got our moment, got momentum back for us. He had two or three big time hits. Um, that really helped our defense and really got some juice in our guys. So uh, Julian Blackman, I, I could probably pick him in uh, every game. He does. He's just such an instinctual player. He's always where he's supposed to be. Uh, do, hasn't gotten beaten deep in any game yet, and he's and he's just all over the field. You know, the stat sheet wasn't huge with tackles or anything like that, but he had the the interception that was huge, and he also had some big sticks. So I'm going to roll with Julian Blackman. I thought he was a difference maker today and made a made a huge, huge uh, impression on this game and made his presence felt. Even though the stats might not show it, I thought he was a big time player for this defense today. It would be funny if you gave, it would have been funny if you gave it to the entire defense because there were so many games. It would have been fitting because we played Pagano today. There were so many games in the Pagano era where Luck threw five touchdowns and completely carried the team to victory, and we win the game forty two thirty nine. Whole defense should get your game ball. Whole whole damn defense should get your game ball. That was incredible. You guys made that stop. You guys made that stop on on, on third and nine, and then fourth and, and then fourth and eight. I mean, that was incredible, guys. You know, hey Andrew, go pass out game balls to the whole damn defense. Credit credit those guys. Oh man, he never Luke. gave Andrew Luck a game ball. He never in five or six years never gave Andrew Luck one game ball. Andrew Luck's mantle is empty there's not a freaking game ball on there because the defense he gave the defense so many game balls he would give yeah he, was, he, had, andrew, he had andrew handing out game balls to josh <laughs> mcnary <laughs> listen josh mcnary's a good football player went to army this guy's a soldier on and off the field i mean hey listen josh mcnary could light up uh, he could light up vontae davis any day of the week in the end zone vontae davis right now concussion protocol hey andrew go hop in the car and drive over to the hospital and give vontae davis a game ball way to take one from josh mcnary in the noggin there in the end zone hell of a job <laughs> oh my god the, i'm thinking back to the spoofs when you were 
He had luck handing out. <laughs> he had luck handing out the game balls. That's so true, dude. He gave him the. He was giving him the Dequell Jackson <laughs> for pile oh, jumping. Dequell has like thirty tackles. game balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean those teams were so bad defensively, dude. I mean, do you remember that Pittsburgh game? We we they scored 50, we scored forty two points and they scored fifty five or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, oh Andrew my Luck God, never dude. got I, I, that, a game ball. Never. He never got a game ball. It was unbelievable. Pagano, there were so many games where the defense gave up 35 points. Whole defense, whole freaking defense gets a game ball. Clap it up for him. Clap it up for him. I swear to God, we gave up 400 passing yards to Brian, or 397 (laughs) to Brian Hoyer, and he gave the defense a game ball for that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, dear God. All right, let's wrap it up, Jason. That's enough. I feel I'm so happy. Thank God we beat Pagano. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and hey, I'll give Chuck credit, man. The defense for them played really well. Oh, yeah. But our defense defense was better. Our defense was better. Hey, they have a used car salesman coaching their defense. We have a gym coach, and apparently the gym coach is is a better defensive mind. But, nah, I mean, Pagano actually did do a good job. If you look at the stats, though, of Chicago's defense the year before Pagano got there, last year and this year – They've been much worse against the run. They did a good job today, but their numbers against the run have gone down since Pagano got there. Rick Fangio had that defense playing much better in 2018. That was Matt Nagy's first year. They made the playoffs. He won Coach of the Year somehow. He probably shouldn't have. Then last year, Mitch Trubisky took a step back, or a big step backwards from where he was in 2018. And then Pagano defensively had that unit take a step back. But I thought they looked good today. You know, Rivers struggled, and then Reich wasn't very creative at all. But, Jason, let's wrap this thing up. Final thoughts on the Colts' 19-11 win over Chicago in Week 4. It's a game that winning teams find a way to win. And the Colts, you know, they their offense wasn't spectacular, but it was good enough. Defense was spectacular. The special teams really created the tempo of the game when they blocked that punt. Um, just an outstanding job. I, 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 you know, go on the road, get a win, you know, when you haven't played well on the road and you, I mean, you've had some struggles there, played a really good defense. And, and, you know, when the, when the chips were down, they, they ran the ball and, and, you know, melted that clock. I'm excited because it's like we talked about in the pregame, huge swing game. You lose this game, you're two and two going to Cleveland where they just dropped 49 on Dallas. Instead, you're three and one going to Cleveland, and now it's you know a pretty good matchup of two, you know two teams that that are on winning streak. So uh, I'm excited to see like this next week's going to be a test for our defense. I'm excited to see that because they, you know, the Browns they have you know two great receivers, a great tight end, running backs. They got it all, and a good, a good offensive line. So it's going to be a great test. But as far as this game goes, I mean, I can't say enough about Coach Eberflus and the defense. They were spectacular today. Yep, we've struggled on the road, like you said. Our first road win since beating Kansas City last year on the road. So it feels good to get a road win under our belt. And then next week, big test against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. A Browns team who scored 49 points today. The Colts have only given up 48 points all season through four games. So that should be a great matchup. We'll be back this week before the pregame show for the Browns giving a first quarter report card four games now in the book one quarter of our way through this 
wild 2020 season to get to this point with a crazy bizarre offseason with COVID, now with a couple teams getting their games postponed or moved like we saw with the Chief game, like we saw with the Titan game. But we'll be back this week. That's my man Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Big win, guys, today on the road against a team who came in 3-0 in the Chicago Bears as the Colts improve to 3-1 on the season. We'll be back in a couple days right here on the For the Culture Podcast.